fellow movie fans uh, and fans of the writing process and fans of history in the making, because that's what this podcast is. It's history in the making. And this is another uh, episode of Chris and Matt Write a Blockbuster, a podcast where two men named Chris and Matt write a blockbuster movie in front of your very eyes, chronicling it, and in many ways actually writing it in a talking way through the podcast. In very few ways actually writing it. In many ways talking it. And in even more ways just winging it, baby. Because that's how these things are written. By taking the dice in your hand, throwing them into a box, and picking up a couple dollars along the way. I'm mad. And I'm Chris, and if there's anything we've learned from the Star Wars new movies, it's how important dice are to things, even when you don't realize it. And if there's anything we have learned about uh, Star Wars from the new movies, it's that everyone has a moment in their adult life where someone gives you a name. Yep. Whether it be Wookiee, or man, or even a friend. Yep. Just like... The famous friends from that TV show Seinfeld, where they yeah. were all friends with each other. Which is but strange. We're not writing an episode of a TV show. We're not coming up with a new TV show. Although we could, we could come up with a TV show that would get Seinfeld ratings now in a yeah. different TV landscape, like a, like a show about a anthropomorphic hamburger and an anthropomorphic piece of cheese, and they're trying to figure out just how to make it work in this crazy world. Yeah, because like people keep wanting them to be like come like a cheeseburger, but they want to live separate lives. Yeah, or a know? show about a hamburger, an anthropomorphic hamburger, and an anthropomorphic piece of cheese, and they're just trying to run a city together. Yeah, they're just trying to get their balance budgeted. As their a budgeted like, balance, as a mayor and a comptroller, balanced. One's a mayor, one's comptroller, and they're running the city that's full of anthropomorphic foods and like. There's like uh, an election coming along, and like uh, I don't know, um, a let's see, what's a good food? Um, spaghetti, uh, a spaghetti, a, a, a spaghetti, <laughs> a spaghetti's got a real exciting campaign going on. Yeah, and, as a spaghetti would have. Mm-hmm. And then, like you know, uh, then I guess they solve the budget problems, and they like maybe because they take all the. Um, dead um like um maple syrup bottles and make them into a maple syrup pool and everybody loves the maple syrup pool even though they're swimming in the wait so wait are, is the container anthropomorphic or is the actual syrup anthropomorphic i think it's a t- i mean like well if you if you're thinking about a movie like food fight and we're all thinking and about we're all movies, thinking about oh. that's the basis for the show or sausage party it can be a touch of both. Like, if something comes in a container, the container is, like, with anthropomorphic, and, like, the stuff that's inside them is, like, just sort of, like, they're basically, like, their organs and entrails. Mm. Like, if, if you're, like, yeah, a sausage. That's the, that's the show. If, like, you're, like, a hamburger, like, your hamburgeriness is all. But, like, if you're, like, um, a thing of syrup, your syrup's, like, your blood and, like, your organs and your viscera and your bottle, like... Because you have but your if face. You're ha- if you're a hamburger, you don't really come together until you have, like, all of the fixins on you, too. Now, do you grow those, or is that just, like... I think those are, like, those are, like, secondary sex characteristics. When the hamburger hits puberty, <laughs> it, it starts growing... Pickles. It grows pickles and lettuce and stuff. And, and if it's a lady hamburger, of course, ketchup starts showing up. Where, where's ketchup start showing up? It's a hamburger vagina. Where else? Now in Food Fight, <laughs> the hot dog had boobs. What what 
bun has boobs. Uh, maybe like a misshapen bun, like you know, like if you like. Uh, that's like... So that's how you can tell the difference between uh, a male hamburger and a female hamburger. The female hamburger has misshapen buns. Yes. Like, like that... someone, someone was going around the the supermarket just feeling buns and kind of like squeezed one a little too yeah, tight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of they, malformed they were, it. Were, okay. Yeah, basically. But we're not writing a TV show. We're writing a movie. Maybe we should have written a TV show. Maybe, but we're doing a really good job with this movie that's going to become a blockbuster movie and make us a lot oh, of money. Right. And make I forgot what a good success. job we were doing. That's the first yeah. thing. That's the first mistake I made today was I forgot for a second how qualified <laughs> we are and how good of a job we're, we're doing. We've been killing it through, I mean, this podcast so far, which we're doing because it chronicles like what we're like for history. Or, well, it chronicles for history until our podcast is, like, shut down by whomever buys the script from us because they don't want spoilers out there. But until that happens, people will be able to hear this, and they can, like, jot it all down. That's why I recommend to people, like, when you're listening to this podcast, take copious notes and put them into a wiki. And that way, when this podcast is shut down by, like, you know, like, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida or something, whoever buys our... (laughs) Yeah, the theme park shuts us down. They're like, we're going to take With this... Disney World or whatever shuts yeah. us down. <laughs> they were saying, we're going to take this uh, movie and we're going to turn it into a ride. We're going to get rid of... Um, and we're going to put it conveniently at a place where you can ride the movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to put it right next to uh, Cletus's Fried Chicken in Simpsons Land. <laughs> <laughs> that deep be... cut Simpsons reference. Which used to be called Doc Brown's Fried Chicken until they got rid of the Back to the Future that ride. Deep cut, that deep cut Back to the Future reference. <laughs> Doc Brown, he, he was a bad scientist, but he also had a fried chicken restaurant. <laughs> yes, his fried chicken recipe was quite well known. Yep, it included uh, plutonium he got from the Libyans. <laughs> he sold them in a You yeah. know what's crazy about that is they could have just done it pizzas because there's pizzas all over Back to the Future. Yeah, but I guess they probably want to. They probably had other pizza places in Universal Studios. They're like, we need a fried chicken place immediately. Yeah, they needed it, and they're like, who? I mean, who are we gonna name this after? Biff? Nobody wants to eat Biff's fried chicken. That guy's always covered in horse manure. They're gonna think there's gonna be horse manure overall. Yeah, they should food. have called it Biff's horse shit fried chicken. <laughs> it, I would have eaten it. Yeah, I know you would have eaten it. All you do all day is eat horse shit. You're just walking by on horses, hoping some some of them will shit so you can eat it. Like that viral video of that uh, that fan who's like celebrating the Eagles, some, fan? The Eagles fan that eats horse shit. I mean, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a living. Uh, that, that was a very strange episode of the Flintstones where yeah. they. Where Fred meets the bird, whose entire job is to eat other animal shit. <laughs> He's like following Dino around because they said like because they didn't have pooper scoopers back then. So like, Fred's carrying this bird around with them to clean up after Dino, and he says it's a living. And then later in the episode, you hear a lone gunshot, <laughs> and the bird has used a smaller bird as it flashes to a gun. <laughs> The bird, bird gonna wrap his his feathers around the handle of a gun and pull the trigger. Well, the gun is also a bird. It's a smaller bird that spits out another even smaller bird as a bullet. <laughs> it's sort of like it's sort of like a gun that shoots small silencers. Yeah, which is something that happened in this movie that we're writing. Seth Christ ballistic reckoning. Now, if that's which... not a segue, I don't know what is. Because it is definitely a segue. You definitely know what segues are. You have not, you know. 
uh, abandoned your uh, mental faculties because that was the segue to talking about this movie we're writing, this blockbuster movie, this surefire hit that's going to start a movie series that will probably get, um, I don't know, maybe like five or six movies. If I had to guess. Yeah, if be... you had to guess. If you mm-hmm. had to guess. If someone put a gun to your head and said, if you don't answer this question, Guess how many movies I would say this is gonna you say. don't. I say you don't you have don't, the guts to pull the trigger. You fucking coward! You can say you don't know what a fucking question is. You can't say this is a question and then just say guess. Yeah, that's an imperative statement, not an interrogative statement. Yeah, you fucking you. coward! And I say, but since I am interested in answering the question. I'll say five or six. Now pull the trigger, you fucking coward! <laughs> Do it! Come on! Uh, Anyways. You know, the same fate wait, awaits us all like that awaited that bird of that episode of the Flintstones where the bird made a living by eating other animals' shit. Anyway, uh, so we all know what happened on the last episode. Oh, there yeah. were a couple conversations that were had. Some exposition was filled in. We, we you get couple, it. Yeah, we met a couple of key characters in Ducky Darns and Dasha Slayer. Yeah. So if this is your first episode, we encourage you to listen to the previous yeah. ones because we're not going to do any recaps this time because we, nope. as much as we definitely remember what happened last time, oh, yeah. we also don't want to bore the uh, the listeners that are so familiar with it because they've clearly listened to it so many times in the past week that they'll become tired and yawn about as much as Chris will <laughs> within the first five minutes of this episode. So uh, we're picking up right where we left off with Best Seth. Best place to pick up. <laughs> with Seth. Returning home after a long day at the office, he takes the gun off of his uh, shoulder holster. strap. That's uh, you know, you know what? It's got one of those chest ones, you know. Yeah, he's also got an ankle holster. Yeah, he's and he's also got a wrist holster, mm-hmm. but that one just has like a little gun in it. That when he makes a fist, it fires a gun. It's really yeah. cool. It's like uh, in Taxi Driver. Yeah, it's just like in Taxi Driver, and then also just like in Taxi Driver, he walks over to a mirror and he goes, "Hey, you talking to me?" Yeah, and then he does the entire scene from Taxi Driver verbatim. <laughs> yep. Takes a good three or four minutes. We just yeah. try to fill up some time here. That's yeah, a great but, scene. I mean, you know, nobody's done that exact scene since what seventy six or something. Mm-hmm. It's been too long since somebody done that exact scene. Why not do it again? I mean, people do Romeo and Juliet over and over and over again. Why not take an exact scene from Taxi Driver and do it in this movie? Mm-hmm. Why not have Seth Christ, you know, talking to Mir, asking if you know you're talking to me? Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he sucks in his gut. Uh, and he says, ah, my second favorite film. And then he walks over to a uh, poster that says Boondock Saints and goes, <laughs> ah, my first favorite film. He loves Boondock Saints. It makes him a relatable character because he experiences pop culture like we do. We're sitting in a movie theater watching a movie, and we recognize that Seth Christ as a character has seen movies like the one we're watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, a little trick we like to call... Uh, making your characters relatable to your audience. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a screenwriting trick that's gone back for generations. That's a, a, how Bob Kane uh, tricked everyone into relating to Batman because everyone uh, knows that at some point in their lives they'll experience the death of a parent. So he says, what's something that all people experience? Yeah. And he says, the death of a parent, so I'll kill Batman's parents and yeah. turn this man into a giant Batman. And we, and we, everybody also knows that uh, criminals are a superstitious, a cowardly lot, and so you become, you know, the thing that you fear to inspire, instill fear in their hearts. It's something we all do, mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. 
Uh, and then he sits on his, uh, he's, he takes off all of his clothes except for his underwear, and he sits on his bed as the light from the moon shines in through his apartment, and he stares at the ceiling, sweating like he's in a Tony Scott movie. Yeah, and then like, and there's this thing in the fan, and then he says, Saigon, shit, I'm still in Saigon, <laughs> and now he's doing Apocalypse Now. But he says, wait, no, I'm not in Saigon. I got confused because earlier in this movie, he doesn't say a movie though, because he doesn't realize he's in a movie, but he said earlier that, earlier that day he killed some Vietnamese people, so he forgot for a second that they were in his country, he's not in their country, because he's, he's way too young to be a Vietnam War vet, this is not, this is not a period piece, it's happening now, mm-hmm. and Seth Christ is played by Zac Efron, so he's like, you know, a late 20s sort of guy, like he, and he hasn't been to war, he's, not, he's been in the CIA, and he's now in the LAPD undercover, um, He's, of course, joined the LAPD so, as a rookie so that he has cover for if Casey makes any mistakes while doing his work that he's doing, you know, as a sort of a secret agent, super spy sort of thing. Yeah. But, but he's got a lot of skills that pay the bills. But Ducky Darns will say he was in the Army at some point. He was in Desert Storm. He worked under Norman Schwarzkopf. Yep, so he does the whole uh, Saigon thing. He, he rolls over and he looks at the alarm clock. It says 3 a.m. and he goes, huh. My third favorite film, referring back to Apocalypse Now. Then he looks over at that Boondock State poster again and goes, huh, my first favorite film. And then, he and, looks then... Back, and then he looks back at his clock and he says, ah, my favorite Matchbox 20 song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he looks back up at the ceiling and he starts to reminisce. He goes, remember my first day on the job? And yeah. he reminisces about the first day he... He worked at the CIA or wherever it is that he works, and he remembers how he walked in with covered in papers, he had papers all over his body, and he, he tripped, and they all went everywhere, and that's when Ducky Darns walked over and helped him sort it all out. Yeah. He says, Rook, you're going to need a folder for this job. And, like, uh, will you, we'll have, like, we'll put, like, a wig or something on Stanley Tucci, if he plays Ducky Darts, to make him so to make it clear that he's like a younger version of himself, not a lot younger. Cause yeah, we're gonna put a uh, we're gonna put one of those uh, spinning beanie caps on his head, and we're gonna yeah. put a we'll, put <laughs> we'll a, use that technology. So shot his back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> we'll use that technology. We'll, we'll use that technology from uh, Captain America: Civil War that made Robert Downey Jr. look way younger, <laughs> or like the technology they used in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, uh, directed by. The notorious um, oh, <laughs> James Gunn. The notorious, notorious. James Gunn. <laughs> we'll steal something from him. We'll also steal something from all his other films, like Tromeo and Juliet, or the other overtly offensive films that apparently nobody was aware of until uh, you know they just realized what kind of like you know uh, milieu he had worked in for the vast majority of his career. Some would say he, uh, he most likely got the job of uh, making a superhero movie by making an incredibly offensive superhero <laughs> film called Super. Yeah, indeed. But, you know... Uh, but so... if he wants to direct this movie, by oh, yeah. all means, please direct Absolutely. this movie. Yes, bring on your good friend Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Films if you want. He can have, you know, you can, he can, we, we're not against having Toxie show up, you yeah. know. If Toxie wants to play Ducky, we'll get Stanley the fuck out of this Yeah, thing. we'll bring in Toxie. Toxie will play Ducky, Darns, and, you know, uh, whatever other, you know, we'll have, you know. I mean, this movie's going to be, like, we're thinking probably more like a PG-13, so maybe not the gratuitous nudity of a trauma film or something like that. But we're, but, allowed, a couple, we're allowed a couple shits, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, not the kind that are eaten by a dinosaur on the Flintstones. Or a bird, <laughs> I should say. Was it always yeah. birds? I feel like it's birds. 
uh, that are always doing things in the Flintstones. Like, I don't remember there being anything other than, like, you know, birds who had to, like... There's a saber-toothed tiger or uh, something. Yeah, but are they doing work? I guess they use dinosaurs as, like, cranes and shit, too. So it's not just birds. I thought I was thinking maybe birds were in some sort of, like, state of indentured servitude in the Flintstones world. But I think it's just about man's uh, dominion over the animals as uh, laid out by God in the Bible. And there's nothing more adhering to the Bible than the Flintstones. Yep. <laughs> With its humans and its dinosaurs and its, you know, cavemen. Well, like, it, everyone knows that the Flintstones took place 5,000 years ago when the Earth was created. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so... You know, Seth is thinking about his past, and he leans over, looking at where the alarm clock just was, and now there's a picture there, and he looks at it, and the picture says, Home Phil. And he looks at the Home Phil, and he goes, uh, should I have a family? And he goes, nah, but what if something would, was to happen to them? How bad I would feel if that were to happen. So I will never have a family. That's a key part of my personality. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. a loner. And that because because of that, the only person that I care about is Ducky Dards. And surely nothing bad will happen to him. Because mm-hmm. if it were to happen to him, it would make my journeys more personal. Uh, anyway, I gotta get some fresh air. So he gets up, and he puts on his clothes, and he walks outside. Mm-hmm. And he looks up at the moon, and then he has another. <laughs> and he of... says, uh, "When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, he kisses his fingers and he says, "That's amore." And then he remembers back to a time when he was younger, a time when he hadn't quite learned the lesson of, um, you know, not getting too emotionally attached or what have you, because he was uh, fresh out of um, the Quantico. Langley. Yeah, Quantico Langley, same. Th- yeah. And he had met a woman there. Uh, we don't learn her name or anything. That's not important. She's just like, uh, you know, she's just filler in the story. Like, you know, it's all backspace and backstory, what have you. And they're like, you know, they're talking and they're chit-chatting and they're having loving interest and they're kissing and they're walking through the park and they're walking along the beach. And then <laughs> and they're walking uh, through the cold tundra of Alaska. Yeah. And they're walking along the side of a volcano and they're walking along the... Uh, golf course in North Carolina. You know, uh, yeah. they're just walking various places. And, uh, there's yeah. one shot of them walking on a treadmill as back, backgrounds change behind them. And then one day, they're surfing, and then, whoosh, a shark jumps out of the water and eats his woman friend whole. That's right, and, and it's the Meg, and this is this movie's part of the Meg universe. It is, a, And then, this has a two-pronged effect. It helps establish solidify the idea of never getting too emotionally attached to anybody and never falling in love for seth christ and it also makes him afraid of sharks which is something we can play off later in the film potentially it's it's sort of like we lay that here that he's afraid of sharks or megs uh you know and later in the film that could come in like you know Yeah, later he can later he can uh, be uh, I don't know like in some sort of tank, and he's like, oh, at least I'm alone here, and there's no bad guys. And then suddenly there's a shark, and then he screams, "Meg!" and he punches the shark in the nose, and the shark says, "That's only in the movies." And the two really go at it. Because yeah, definitely it's, it'd be very James Bond. I feel like sharks being like you know used by villains is very James Bondy, and or you know we could use mutant sea bass like in Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. Yeah, or we could use a we could use a, a sea turtle with a straw in its nose that's trying to stab him. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like a lot of action movies these days need kind of like a political message to kind of get their point across. Yeah, like just kind of like vague, like 
uh, oh, uh, the government's watching you, or uh, mm. the earth is heating up, or uh, there are forces at play that are controlling the very way that we live, mm. or uh, uh, Captain America's friend is more important than the future of the free world. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, all things that are very much true, very much true. But like, uh, yeah, so like, yeah, it's or like, um, maybe. Uh, like Rip Torn later in the film, like the villainous Rip Torn will be like, he's like, I got piranhas I'm going to send out to attack you. And then he unleashes the piranhas and they're all caught in uh, plastic like soda rings or whatever. Yeah, there'll be an environmental message in this for sure. Yeah, for then, we, sure. then we can like win some awards for like environmental stuff. Yeah. And yeah. also probably some GLAAD awards for some reason. I don't know how or why, but we'll just end up winning them for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, I also thought that we would probably win some GLAAD awards for this, but not GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D. No. GLAAD wear, like the plastic. Yeah, exactly. Like the plastic manufacturer, because they'll be like, ah, we need more recycled plastics, and we really like that this... You know, it's just for taxes for them, you know? It's just for taxes. So, yeah, that's another memory he has, and then he's saddened by seeing the moon, he's saddened by love. So he goes back inside, <laughs> and maybe he can, he can, he'll turn on the TV... He's watching, and we're getting we're getting a sense of that Seth Christ's life is you know a lot of times he's killing Vietnamese people or he's meeting with Zendaya's character and like they're talking about intrigue and mystery, but at his core, he's a lonely, isolated man that doesn't his life's not all glitz and glamour. He's not James Bond necessarily. He's it's not always like he's not like you know bedding a beautiful babe every night or going out to have like you know. Yeah, because like drinks. even though uh, a lot of this movie is already traded in some of the awful stereotypes that most action movies trade in, like making the gangsters a bunch of Vietnamese people without any kind of insular lives, as if like only some some foreign entity could be a bad w- person in this world, or having a bunch of women in this movie that were a originally named Trixie Bimbo, <laughs> and that uh, the other woman in this movie is uh, not given a name, even though the shark is. Uh, this is a different kind of action movie where. Yeah. You reflects on on things such as this it's more like casino royale not like moonraker yeah. we're inverting these things a little bit not too much we're because uh, at the end of the day uh we're we trying to know make what money. the audience wants yeah. to see and I mean, that's is, just like subliminal hate this is not chris and matt write a oscar winning movie this is chris and matt write a blockbuster we're, yeah. we, we're trying to make like, we're trying to write a movie that's going to make more money than Force Awakens here, even though it's not an established intellectual property. And yeah, it's not we're trying to make 3D. a movie that makes more money than Forrest Gump. Yeah, we're trying to make a movie that's going to make more money than Ghostbusters 2 here. You know, we're not trying to make a movie that's going to win us, you know, a Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy, you know. <laughs> that's not what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're not in it for the awards, except the GLAAD Awards, which we'll happily take. Yeah. Or a Saturn Award, even though it's not really like a sci-fi film, I'll take a Saturn Award anyways. Well, there is a talking shark, so that's something. It is sort of, yeah. Well, if they, well, if, we'll have to remember that for when we write that part of the movie. So, <laughs> yeah, it probably won't make it into the movie. Then he'll, he'll watch TV, Seth will watch TV, he'll eat like, um, maybe like some sort of TV dinner. Yeah, he'll just eat macaroni and cheese, but like out of the box. Like yeah, you know, you know like there's that scene in the movie uh, A Ghost Story starring Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck where Rooney no. Mara eats an entire, like I think it's an entire cake and just like an unbroken sort of like scene of her uh, in grief eating an entire cake. 
It'll be like that, but it'll be Zac Efron and Seth Christ eating an entire box of macaroni and cheese while watching like uh, something on TV, and he won't say a single word. Uh, and then and he's, he's not just eating the uh, box; he's eating all the ingredients that you need for it too. <sighs> yeah. like, he he at one point says, "Oh God, they turned off my gas again." Well, it looks like I'm just gonna eat this macaroni and cheese piece <laughs> by piece. So he takes like a, a bite of a stick of butter. He's swigging milk around in his mouth, <sighs> pouring the powder into his mouth. It's it's he's low. He's a low. He's at a low place. Yeah, which is, you know, very different from where he seemed to be, but maybe it was all a uh, facade, you know, and the facade has been, the veil has been lifted and we're seeing the reality. And then to keep people excited, maybe like an explosion or something should happen. And he's like, an explosion? I gotta go see what that is. And then like he, like, you know, so then he like gets himself like into like the mode to go prepare. He runs out of his apartment, he runs downstairs, yeah. and he hops for, in. For Seth Christ, an explosion is like his bat signal. Yeah. And he's going to go investigate that explosion, because even if it's nothing to do with, like, you know, his case he's working on, he may be able to help people. So then he, boom, he's, like, he's just like, he's falling over, trying to get to that explosion. And then we, hmm, should we... I mean, he's obviously going to make it to the explosion, but I feel like that's like a real sort when of... He, when he gets there, he realizes that it's uh, Zendaya's house. Yeah, Dasha Slayer, a.k.a. Yeah. Zendaya. Yeah, and then like they realize... But we, she won't quite be dying yet. I mean, she's obviously going to die in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But this will be more like she'll like... He'll like see it and then, he, and then like he'll see like her and, and he'll be like what are you doing here she'll be like this was my house they are trying to kill me they're after me they're on to me and he's like if they're on to you they might be on to me i can't go home again and so and then they'll sit there and then they'll watch the house like you know going up in flames and that seems perhaps like the place where this um act or scene of the not the act of the movie but the scene of the movie sort of the situation of the movie will uh conclude that's like a nice sort of like yeah that sounds fine that's like a nice action point of like them watching mm. a house that's a nice point in the in in dinner to say uh excuse me i have to use the restroom mm-hmm. absolutely as the um uh, <laughs> as the uh, yeah the the bumper for absolutely that plays yeah. at the end of nathan for you and other such shows i think i think in comedy bang bang personally but yeah Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's another great uh, it's another, chunk yeah. of the uh, screenplay written. Yeah. Uh, I hope you know. all of your uh, little mouths are salivating for more action from yeah, Seth Christ. Yeah, your little mouths are just, you know, <laughs> so full of spit. Your little mouths are like you're practically, you know, drooling in anticipation because yeah, an explosion is happening. in your own spit. If you lay on your back, you would drown, even though you could be breathing out of your nose. You forgot how because you're so you're so excited and enthralled that you can't stop thinking about the movie to such a degree that the involuntary act of breathing is now something that you can't you can't do without you have thinking to about it. Do it. But you can't consciously do it because you're too busy thinking about this movie and how exciting it is and how you can't wait to see it. But you'll have to wait. For now, you just have to keep listening to us talking about the movie and and figuring out the plot, and it's just going to get more and more exciting from here and more and more better from here. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's it. Do we have anything uh, else to say to our, our loyal listeners who uh, enjoyed this episode, clearly? Uh, yeah, obviously they enjoyed it. Well, um, 
You can find uh, us on Twitter at BB makes a BB or something. <laughs> I believe it's C and M write a B. And we have an email, which I believe is Chris Matt Blockbuster at gmail.com. Uh, you know what so, would have been really fun is if we got the same name for both of those. Uh-huh. So it's just one thing to remember, you know. But yeah. it's fine, you know, whatever. Well, Chris Matt Blockbuster was too long for a Twitter handle. And maybe I did the email first and then did the um, Twitter handle. Yeah, maybe. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any suggestions of things you'd like in the movie, or if you'd like yeah. <laughs> uh, to see the movie early, uh, you know, start making it. You know, yeah. give us a give us a call. Fan buy, buy trailer. Yeah, make a fan trailer, and um, keep watching the stars. Yeah, keep watching the stars. Keep watching the skies. Make a fan trailer, but like, what you should definitely do is like get like um like a take think of like a real like a like a pop song but like get like a really sort of like dark eerie version of it or something like that yeah That's make it guys. very slow and you know what just take scenes from other movies that you yeah. like yeah well they like take scenes especially from the movie the greatest showman because that has both zach efron and um mm-hmm. zendaya in it and but we know also that- what you want to do is you want to incorporate a lot of text into the trailer, but make sure you put no time into choosing a font for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, like, the first, like, font that, like, just, like, you know, like, yeah. scrolling around and, like, you know. Oh, uh, it's Ariel. Sure. Great. Yeah. Ariel. Like, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Ariel. Ariel. Uh, yeah. I'm hot. So, uh, I'm going to say. What else is hot is this script. Yeah. If you want to the- reach out and touch someone, you can reach me at mshimkowitz on Twitter. Uh, I'm Chris X Morgan. Uh, so if you want to get this to us individually, as opposed to the Twitter we have uh, for the specific, I figured I'd figure I'd plug my own thing. I got some uh, irons in the uh, fire. So, oh, like uh, I don't, like I don't at Chris X Morgan. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hashtag yeah. me too. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, this has been Chris and Matt. Right on Blockbuster. We'll see you for the next episode.